We'll just toss it. Good afternoon, Elaine. This is Elaine Wilcox, and I, of course, am Robert Yoho, and I'm interviewing Elaine about her misadventures through a lifetime of inadequate care. And she is a uh, uh, educated person. She has a couple of master's degrees, and she is what she spent a good po portion of her career as a high school principal for a several thousand kid high school, right? Not quite several, not okay, that thousand. Part of it. Yeah, yeah, a large, large high school. And she faced all the problems with that. And she's done a lot of teaching. And now she pretty much reads full time and tries to understand WTF is going on, right? Which is there not easy. And so, Elaine, welcome to the show and um, start at the beginning and tell me your story. Thank you. And also, it's, it's been a pleasure meeting you. I ended up reading your book, Butchered, uh, because I had all prior to that read about 25 books, mostly to find out information about how to help myself. Um, your book, Butchered by Healthcare, really opened my eyes because prior to that, I suspected that there was um, a large degree of, um, for lack of a better word, corruption in our medical industry. And I refer to it as a medical industry uh, because I, I keep seeing how uh, capitalism tends to rule and um, follow the money is basically what I ended up finding out when I was trying to get help on my own condition, which started out actually in um, 1975 with uh, some surgeries that were medical mistakes, actually. And that's been verified by several doctors since that occurrence. Um, and then um, I was only put on one medication uh, which was had to, I had to have something that can, helps control my digestive systems. It did and it didn't. What I didn't know is that I shouldn't have stayed on it as long as I did. Nobody advised me so about what, that. What was your what was your initial surgical story? And you're you said you're 71 now and 73. 73. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And you had uh, several surgeries when you were in your 30s or 40s, right? 27. 27. And 27. Actually, prior to um, uh, 1975, the fall of 1975, that was the, the year that I had two major surgeries. And rotated, rotated bowel surgery. Uh, a strangulated bowel surgery. And part of it was removed because it was already dead. It was gangrenous. And gangrenous, I had yeah. three feet that had turned gangrenous. And so they removed that, kept me in the hospital for about a month and sent me home. Um, and I, I <laughs> you had a tremendously difficult recovery and you ultimately went down to 60 pounds. I was 60 pounds. Right. And, um, and, and I couldn't eat because nothing would go through. So they took me back in, uh, did another surgery and found out that the ileocecal valve had also been affected by the gangrene and it had scarred over so that it was not able to uh, eliminate. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, anyway, um, that they did a side-to-side -side anastomosis and um, I've had pain in that area ever since. I do not function normally at all. I, um, it's uh, unpredictable and my digestive system is mostly painful. 
It's not normal whatsoever. Um, I do work at it and I can uh, tell you that there are products out there now that we've never had before, including some colostrum um, that I highly recommend for anybody with digestive issues. So, what does your diet consist of now? I, I'm pretty much uh, uh, food, uh, real food, and but I don't do gluten at all. I do not do gluten. I do do, do not do seed oils like uh, canola oil. Um, I have to be very careful if I eat out. Um, and it has to be real food. Um, and I've never been overweight. So I already had a pretty healthy diet to begin with, but not anything uh, will trigger the symptoms, severe symptoms. And so I totally avoid um, packaged foods, processed foods, um, and the SAD diet, standard American yeah. Diet. Have you tried out carnivore or um, ketogenic diets? That's, that's an interesting question. Prior to about five years ago, when I got really sick and was diagnosed finally, I mean, it took them forever to diagnose me with Hashimoto's. Um, and it was after I went through a period of time where I was so dizzy, I couldn't even stand up without feeling like it was going to fall over. I lost feeling in my feet. Um, and I would go back to the doctors and they'd run tests and say, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. Well, finally, somebody ran the antibodies and decided I was Hashimoto's. And that's when I started reading, um, especially Amy Myers and Elizabeth, Isabel Wentz and uh, Dr. Karazian's books. And all of them emphasized a clean diet. Um, but they also gave me information about how to be tested correctly. And I'm still amazed that I'm not always given the correct tests when I go back for my thyroid. Um, I haven't read Hormone Secrets yet by, by you, by Dr. Yoho, but that's on the top of my list. And it was before I even met Dr. Yoho that uh, I knew I needed to keep looking for the secrets that would help me the estrogen in particular. Um, estrogen is the most important hormone for both men and women. Yeah, I think. That's if you had to pick one, you want, you want to keep your estrogen. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, and the other thing was, is I was losing weight so rapidly. Um, oh, I, I couldn't believe it. In fact, it was about six weeks and I went from 120 pounds down to hundred pounds without I mean, I was still eating healthy, but I was kind of vegetarian at that point. And then I started reading about the amino acids and realized I could not stay on a vegetarian diet. <laughs> so I um, started incorporating grass-fed meats, in particular in fish. And um, I think the combination helped me. I started gaining weight again. And of course, I was eating healthy carbohydrates. By those, I mean broccoli. Um, I even eat sweet potatoes because I'm always craving some form of good carbohydrates that will give me some extra calories. Um, and I think anybody who has Hashimoto's or autoimmune diseases will be looking for these. But I'm going to tell you, you, you are not told this by your, I want to say, traditional doctor, because they don't have the education in nutrition. Um, you can testify to that, correct? That's <laughs> <laughs> a joke. Um, so have you heard of Michaela Peterson, Jordan Peterson's daughter? She has had um, severe rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune disease. 
and she got on the carnivore diet and her symptoms went away, but she, she was so bad that she had joint replacements in her ankles. And I mean, she's in terrible shape and now she's walking around doing Ted talks about her, about her issues. And I have not, so that's you know, that's an anecdote. The evidence that I presented in hormone secrets, it seems to me that the carnivore and the keto diets are the, the thing now and that vegan diets are much less well supported. And the people advocating the vegan diets are largely animal rights people. You know, they, they, well, they're, and I get they're that. doing it for the quote ethical things yeah. rather than how, how good it is for you. So, so that's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm retired. I don't make recommendations. It's just stuff that's in my book. Well, and I know what helped me. So that's, um, part of my, um, part of why I had to do something. I kept going, the definition of insanity is to keep doing what you've always done and expect different results. And, um, they didn't come. So that's why I started looking for, um, other avenues and tell your story about the, um, thyroid and your experiences taking different kinds of thyroid and what you're on now and so on. Well, I ended up uh, first was put just on the levothyroxine. That's apparently uh, after years, I discovered that that's the go-to drug for uh, most traditional Western doctors. I then saw after um, it wasn't doing anything. I started, uh, I start, I looked for a doctor who uh, practiced hormone treatments and I found a nurse practitioner. I couldn't get into the doctor who I wanted to see, but the nurse practitioner uh, was the one that I, when I, when she walked into the examining room, she, I said to her, I didn't even say hello. I mean, I was really abrupt. Uh, and I just said, do you know anything about Hashimoto's? And she had this quiet, kind voice. And she said, I have it. And I wanted to cry. I cannot tell you what a relief it was to know because I knew she knew what I was going through. And she was the one that put me on a combination of uh, the T4 and T3. She said, you definitely need the T3. And it was a combination that helped me get on top of it so that I, um, my symptoms weren't, uh, it was uh, you know, readily apparent that my symptoms were getting reduced by being on the combination. So, uh, so you know this, and you can. I recommend uh, our listeners who are interested in thyroid uh, look at stopthethyroidinsanity.com. Okay. I believe that's it. If you type that in, you'll get it. It might be slightly different, but um, is that it, out of the UK? Is that a website out of the UK? I no. don't think so, but it's okay. the best one that I've found. And so um, the porcine thyroid, the the problem with T4 alone is that some people can't change the T4, which is what uh, uh, levothyroxine is, into T3, which Mm -hmm. is the active hormone. And so um, porcine thyroid or pork thyroid, which we've been using since the 1880s and have this massive experience with, has uh, T3 and T4 plus a bunch of pig thyroids that are inconsequential in it, you know, you know, it's not all just a pure substance, but it actually works better. It's considered by most of the uh, hormone doctors to be the most bioidentical type. With, is that without uh, the T4? No, it has T4 and T3. Oh, it has both. Yeah, it has okay. both. And, but if, if a careful clinician can adjust the ratios of T4 and T3 using those individual drugs and you get the same result. It's just as good. 
Okay, so what I'm doing finally is yeah, is pro she's actual. probably doing a good job, and it'll yeah. your labs will uh, the way you feel is the main index, but your labs will bear that out also. Right, right. Um, you, you know, part of this, uh, and I hate the word journey, but it really is a, a journey when you have health issues. Is I've discovered how many people in this country um, are subject to a healthcare system that is really, um, I, I want to use the word didactical, uh, that you are told this is the only options you have. Um, and if I had followed that, I don't think I'd be here today. Um, because I really, I had to dig and um, my reading alone really revealed that there were other things. In fact, this nurse practitioner I saw said to me that um, you know, you'll have to read these books, these thyroid books, which I had, but I went back and reread them. And then that's when I also discovered the Statis Karazian. Um, most doctors having, they don't get this experience in medical school, anything about nutrition and how it's related to disease or nutrition and how it's related to hormones. They tend to think that they are, um, that what they are taught is the only thing that we should be allowed to know. <laughs> it, it's, it's crazy. It almost requires physician level expertise, or you have to be somebody as sharp as Elaine to navigate the healthcare system these days. You have to do your own research and try to figure it out. Fortunately, there are a couple of advantages, which I don't know whether you've taken advantage of yet. Uh, the first is that you can go anywhere virtually to any doctor in the country who agrees to see you, and they're allowed to see you virtually without a prior in-person visit. Before this, the medical boards would censure these guys because the in-person visit was considered a gold standard, and indeed, right. there's some merit to that. But during the COVID uh, panic, <laughs> you know... It was um, one of the benefits. Trump, yeah, one of the benefits. The other thing you've got are patient... Um, groups that are largely sponsored by the drug company, but you can um, sign up and learn from your peers. And it's fantastic, really. I mean, they... See, and I did not know about that, but I did know about the virtual visits, which I have had, I had, especially during last year, but you can start at smartpatients.com. Thank yes. you. Yeah, you're welcome. Smart patients I don't know if they have thyroid, but they have some other cancers and so on. But there's okay. there's a lot of them. Right. Right. And uh, uh, I guess I was thinking also, you talk about learning, uh, and I understand. Uh, I worked full time and dealt with health issues. You are just staying alive. And there are people who have no access to the kind of information and they trust. We trust uh, the medical system isn't being manipulated. Um, and I think I mentioned to you that my father was a physician and um, he did say to me a couple different times, question authority. And I can remember him saying that when I was very young and thinking, okay, what does this mean? How do, how do I translate this? And um, because of my own situation, what happened to me and after my disastrous surgeries where I lost uh, through, because they had ignored me um, and I lost through gangrene, um, a significant portion of my ileum, the last three feet and my ileocecal valve, I went, wait a minute, I, I'm dealing with something that nobody knows anything about. I'm kind of a medical ano anomaly. 
um, to people. And so I started, I remember the day I walked in, I was visiting Rochester, Minnesota, and I walked into the Mayo Clinic and I went into their beautiful library. And looking back now, I had to use the card catalog <laughs> to find the information that I found. And that um, it was my first kind of real uh, realization um, and shock that you had to do it yourself. You had to do well, it that I had to do it, and that I had to do it myself. But maybe that the doctors that had treated me hadn't done it correctly in terms of even knowing what they what was then out because I had been given such heavy doses of then they gave Demerol that I was totally knocked out. And right there in that big book that I pulled out about abdominal surgeries, it said you should not give over treat with. Um, Edemarol or similar painkillers. Slows the bell down. Yeah, and it will mask the symptoms that are being exhibited, which it totally did. And that was my first kind of introduction to the fact that, wait a minute, what's going on here? Um, am um, Am I the one that has to find out all this information? And back to how I felt, I realized how much time it would take me. And I finally retired. And that allowed me to do the research that I've done. Yeah, I've read more in the last three years than ever before. Right, right. It's crazy. And it's also, but it's for you, uh, for me, it's what's keeping me alive. I mean, when I stumble on things and uh, there are people that, and I know firsthand that there are people like Dr. Mark Hyman, who knows a lot about nutrition, um, who are dismissed as being quacks, but they're dismissed because uh, what they say is not gonna earn money to the companies that- The patent drugs. Yeah, the patent drugs and all the high price surgeries and everything else. Right, right. And and I think we as people, we need to really examine um, and question, question our doctors. So uh, to the audience, you've got to be as smart and aggressive as Elaine Wilcox to make it if you have a serious problem. And if, you, if you're not this sharp and as aggressive, you have to find someone who can help you, a, a, a friend who can work on your problems with you, a spouse, and maybe another doctor, maybe a nurse uh, who can uh, investigate things. You can't give up the, your autonomy. You have, you, you know, these days, if you have a significant problem, you've got to, you've got to do it yourself. So to complete, Elaine, I would appreciate it if you gave an over-the-top testimonial about your read of Butchered by Healthcare. You don't have to say anything (laughs) that I haven't paid you to say, right? No. Yes, you (laughs) haven't paid paid me a thing. I stumbled on it, and I realized as I read it that it's a very important book. It's not always an easy read, even though he claims he wrote it at the 11th grade level, which it probably is. It's just that you do have to be prepared to look at it scientifically and also um, to look at what is referred to as statistics and the research process, which is so important. And it's important to me and my health because if I hadn't been able to do the research I've done, I literally would not be here today. So I appreciate the guts that doctors like Dr. Yoho, and I can, I've got a list of about 25 other doctors who are probably um, constantly under the barrage of um, the capitalism in this country. 
and it's not doing an advantage for, it's not to the advantage of the patients and especially those patients who don't have the time. It does take time and energy to read these books. And I thank you. So you're welcome. Uh, we meant, we mentioned Norton Hadler's books, which I really thought, uh, which I, I thought at the time when I read them to be some of the most seminal material uh, in my book. And also um, you had seen uh, Dr. Abramson, who also was one of the first uh, authors I read in that. I read him. Yeah, and in the psychiatry department, um, there uh, there is a fellow, I'm just blocking on his name. Peter Bregan. Uh, Bregan's important. And uh, he wrote a lot of stuff debunking psychiatry. Oh. But, but there, there's a guy who wrote, and Bregan's website is, is important. He has a, a, a blog. Um, but um, the, the, the drug, the uh, anyway, it doesn't come to mind, but I'll stick it in the show notes. Sure. And I haven't read Peter Bregan, by the way. And uh, I'm not that smart. I'm just your average person who wants to survive. And uh, I got dealt um, a hand that I had no knowledge and I wasn't getting answers. Um, so that's why I had to look elsewhere. This is Bregan's book, okay. COVID-19 oh. and the Global Predators. And I have not read it. This is the most important book on COVID outside of Kennedy's book. And also your book, but your book is important. No, mine's mine's more mine's older, and it, it doesn't cover that stuff. I was looking for Kennedy's, but I guess I don't have a copy here. I guess part of it is though that you covered what you covered though is uh, the revelation of how research is is really being approached and discarded, <laughs> which uh, shocked me. Um, yeah, it's shocking. It's just terrible. Yeah. yeah. Elaine, I'm grateful for your time, and I, you. I really appreciate you being on the podcast. And I think I think I'll post this one if it, with your permission. Well, you know, and again, I hope it helps somebody. Um, that's my absolute goal: is that people need to take responsibility for their own health, and so I hope it helps. And okay. Thank you. Fantastic. I'll let you go. Bye now.